that first verse again. Oh, high upon the mountain, from where he ascended, the angel of the Lord declared that it would be. And he said, don't you stand here grieving for the one that you sung this one here. I haven't sung it in a long time, and I don't know if anybody else sings it, so. Let's 
out again. <clears throat> Let's start with the verse. This whole world's not getting better Every day it's getting worse So much fighting and confusion Going down here on earth But I don't let it bother me Cause I'm not here to stay I know my Lord is coming soon And I'll be caught away I'm gonna be gone In the twinkling of an eye I'm gonna be gone I won't have time to say goodbye I'm gonna be gone I'm gonna be gone and it won't be long I'm gonna be gone I'm gonna be gone oh I'm gonna be gone in the twinkling of an eye I'm gonna be gone I won't have
about y'all, but I got leaving on my mind. Amen? Amen. Is everyone tired tonight? <clears throat> come on now. He's worthy. Amen. Brother Luther, I wonder if you could come and take up the offering tonight. If you have any special needs that you want to bring before the Lord, maybe you could write them down, slip them to Brother Luther in the service, or uh, text Brother Jason in the back so that he has that for the end of the service. Amen. Amen. All able-bodied members of this church, male persuasion, will need to be out back after service to help unload the trailer. Okay? That's an announcement. I love you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, um, I hear some things going on with some people that my wife works. One's got cancer, operated three, four times. Uh, a niece's couple, her grandniece and nephew gets shot. Um, it's just, it's crazy out there. Just be thankful that he's watching over you. Am I missing something? Did you make an announcement that I was supposed to pray over something? Okay. Okay. Uh, I do have a praise report. Um, my son is doing wonderfully. Wonderfully. We talk to him two or three times a day, praying with him. He's not drinking. Back to work. And um, a month ago, you'd have never, it, it just, you never would have thought it. I'm just very thankful, and I'm still praying. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Where would I be, Lord, if it hadn't been for you? To open my eyes to the revelation of yourself. And I pray, Lord, for those people we meet. I didn't have them raise hands, but everyone here rubs shoulders with the world and hears disastrous trials and temptations of death and just chaos out there, Father. And we praise you, Lord, that there is a place you typed in Goshen, that you keep your people, there is light there. There is peace, there is joy, there is comfort, Father. Lord, may we continue to walk and let you have preeminence in our lives, Father. Pray that you bless the tithes and offerings, bless the cheerful giver, Father. And Lord, we just pray that you comfort the troubled heart, that your peace will become so real, Lord, that it will be the mainspring in our life. I love you and I praise you today and every day in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats.
I've been traveling through a desert, taking water to a thirsty land, and I'm going up on that mountain, won't be long till I'm home again. There's a woman traveling with me And the children of our love They were taken from God's treasures And given to me to serve and love Day and night a friend is right beside me All the way, all the way With the cloud by day and the fire by night He's showing me the way to move when he's moving And to stay when he stays There's a river we'll cross over, it flows southward to the sea, and it's flowing up from that mountain where we're living eternally. There's a kingdom on that mountain. Our best friend He was taken From God's treasures Given to us For our sins Day and night A friend is right beside me All the way All the way With a cloud by day showing me the way to move when he's moving and to stay when he stays to move when he's moving and to stay when he stays Amen
Amen. Praise the Lord. Wow. Good to be back home. Amen. We had a wonderful time. Amen. Over in Traveler's Rest, but be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. Amen. Happy to have all of you here out tonight and smiling faces and happy to see you all in the house of the Lord. Chris, good to see you, buddy. God bless. Happy to have Chris St. John. For those of you who don't know him, amen. Um, my sister Lisa, her husband, Gary. So this is Gary's first cousin, correct? Yeah. Amen. So we've been knowing Chris a long time. Amen. Praise the Lord. So glad to have him in the service with us this evening. I don't see any other visitors, but I could easily miss you. Trust me. I could easily miss you. God bless you as we turn into the book of Revelation chapter 6. Amen. Rach, can you send uh, one of my little munchies to get me a handkerchief from Matt's stash? I forgot mine. Is that possible? Is that doable? Okay, honey, thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Man, left it at home. Okay, yeah, you can just go get it, honey. And so, uh, left it at home and... Amen. Might need it tonight. Praise the Lord. My, we had such a time there and the Lord did move in such a profound way. Amen. I, I know that the uh, young people who are here tonight would testify to that. We're going to try to, amen, give you an opportunity to testify. We won't get to it tonight, but we're going to give you an opportunity. Amen. Got some things in the back of my mind wanting to plan. Amen. Praise the Lord. Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to just catch two verses that are uh, particularly pertinent to us in the day and hour that we live in. This is, um, this is uh, you're, you're living in the fulfillment of this verse, and it's being fulfilled, actually. It's, it's partially fulfilled and being fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled after the bride is gone. Verse 7, Revelation 6, verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal... I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for your word that's been read, realizing, Lord, that there's a great blessing in reading it and in hearing it read. We ask you now to come and anoint it, Lord, to our hearts now. Father, it must go to our hearts. There, there, it's impossible for us to achieve this station and that we desire, Lord, to stand before you, Lord, in the, in the robes of your righteousness. That can't ever happen, Lord, with just a mere mental decision. It's got to be revealed to the heart of the individual. So I pray tonight, Lord, that you will grant us that great 
grace and that great favor, Lord, and reveal it to our hearts tonight. We're happy to be home. We thank you for the saints gathered here with us. Uh, Lord, there's just a few under the weather tonight. We'll be offering prayer for them shortly. But Lord, we want to look into the word and see what it is you have to say to us this evening. We commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you are seated. I'm sure you all know my title. <laughs> Amen. I thought to myself, actually, I, I didn't really think of this until after the fact, but, um, you know, when I, when I, I realized that there's been a lot going on with haunted houses and Halloween and all kinds of things like that. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm glad to be free of the influence of this world. But I thought to myself, as I was pondering that, um, when I realized that, my goodness, this is my very title, Haunted House of Hell. Now, <clears throat> Brother Branham, you're going to realize here in just a little bit, I'll read it in just a few minutes, about a dream that he had about people who were in what was said to him was a house of hell. And we realize that when we come into the day and hour that we are living in, that the fourth seal is open and the fourth beast saying, come and see. And here is a pale horse. Now, the thing that makes him pale, it's, it's, not, it's not pale just like, like a, a ghostly white. It's a sickly color. That's like you see someone sick, you say, my goodness, they're very pale. And it's a, it's a grizzled, burly type of sickness. It's actually a, a combination of the three previous. You had the white horse, you had the red horse, you had the black horse. And coming down, it's all the same devil. He comes into the last age and he is a conglomeration. He is the, he is the total cluster of all of everything. Think about it, friends, of every, of every bad thing thing that has ever been in the world is clustered together today. Yeah. Amen. That's why we say that we are living in the worst day of human history. There's never been a day, thank you, Brother Kenny, like this day in the earth. And, you know, the good news for us is we, we're, getting, we're getting out of here. Oh, I, I, I'm so glad that, you know, the only way out is up. And that's, I'm glad I got a ticket to go up. But for the world, Brother Branham would talk about that very thing uh, coming to the, I think his last, one of his New Year, I think his New Year's Eve sermon in 1964, where he just kind of puts it on the table and says, you know, it's a, thank you, Brother Luther, it's a glorious day for the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, now it's a very sad day for those outside of the blood of the Lord, for those in the world, for those who have made their decision that Satan would be their, their God. He's the God of this evil age. And people had a choice and they have a choice and there's a choice tonight. Thank God there's a choice. Say, so, oh, I wish there wasn't a choice. Well, that's going to happen for the Gentiles anyway once the bride leaves because God can't bring the judgment uh, and, and cross it over blood. And because that, that, the, that, the, 
the bleeding word is in the bride of Christ, then, then she's the manifestation of grace in the earth. God can't bring the tribulation while you're here. But when you leave, grace leaves. You understand, when you're gone for the Gentiles, then that is the end of it. Now, there's still, there's still grace and mercy in the, in the world because the gospel goes to the Jews. There's still a work of the Lamb to continue. And the work of the Lamb continues even after that. And there's a lot of the work of the Lamb headed on. I know there's some misunderstanding about, you know, the Lamb being finished. That's actually not accurate. Uh, we find all through the Bible that there's many places after we're gone where the Lamb is still got jo a job to do. He's still very much active. So, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to be the bride of the lamb. I'm glad to be the lamb's wife. And so we find that that this bride, even in the book of Revelation, it shows a difference. There's a difference to be made, you know, between the heavenly Jerusalem or, you know, the holy Jerusalem, I think, as, the, as Paul would call it. And then there's the new Jerusalem. And that's, of course, a physical city. But yet we also realize that in the millennium, there is a holy Jerusalem there. And there is a, there is a, a holy city. Amen. There's a new city. That's coming after the millennium. But in the millennium, there is a holy city called the heavenly Jerusalem. And when John saw that, it was a bride prepared for her groom. So we, we realize then that the bride, while she's here, we are the conduit of grace and mercy to the world. Now, the Bible says here that this white horse, I'm sorry, this pale horse, when he comes, that his name is death and hell followed with him. So I, I don't think it should be that big of a stretch tonight if, if we talk about a dream that Brother Branham had where he sees people in the earth today. That's a dream now, but he, it had a spiritual connotation that where it was a house of hell. That shouldn't be a surprise given that the fourth seal has broken open and when that happens, there's a death coming in the land and hell followed right with it. So we're not just looking for hell as some, you know, as some place, you know, after you die, hell has come to the surface. Brother Branham clearly said that the lid is actually torn from hell. That's quite a statement. We'll take a prophet to say it. The lid is torn from hell and demon powers are streaming into the earth. That's the age you live in. That's exactly where you are. I'm trying to get this mic from to stop popping like that. I'll keep adjusting it. I think we'll get it. So, so that is... That's the reality of the earth that we live in. Now, I, I love the fact that, you know, when we, if you look in 1 Thessalonians 5, I'm not going to go there tonight, but we find that, you know, Paul talks about, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a real message of doom. Hey, uh, Brother Caleb, let's put that up just, just so we can refresh ourselves. 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll just look at these couple of first couple of three verses, I think. I think verses 1, 2, and 3, <clears throat> perhaps. 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll just start at verse 1. And if you don't, um, uh, I can, okay, here we go. All right, so <clears throat> Paul's saying here, watch this. He says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, 
You have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. And he goes on to talk about, you know, uh, but, but the good news is God has not appointed us to wrath. We are children of the day. We are children of the light. We are not of the night. We are not of the darkness. It is not appointed. Wrath is not appointed to us. The day of the Lord means something very different for for us than it means for the rest of the world. The day of the Lord, we find, is the time when God is coming to execute his judgment upon the earth. And before he can do that, he brings his wife home for a wedding party like has never been recorded. And so, so we find a wedding supper and a, and a celebration. But we, but we realize that there is a terrible wrath that's coming upon the earth. And it, 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 is, it is not just a destruction, but it's a sudden one. Amen. And then the very fact that it's, that it's sudden means that at the, at the point where it's going to be destroyed, there's no need for a buildup because you're living in the buildup. A buildup's not coming. A buildup is happening. This is, this is prelude to tribulation. This is a house of hell on the earth. And I'm not talking about a haunted house that they want to put up here because of some devil's holiday. I'm talking about a haunted house. And with a haunted house comes a haunting I really am trying to turn into my thought tonight the real burden that the Lord has put upon me. Brother Branham picks up in the message uncertain sound, the uncertain sound. He preached it. Oh my goodness, I, I glanced at it. It looks like at least maybe eight or ten or a dozen times. I was drawn, which is a little different. I usually go, if I've got multiples, I'll usually, and I feel drawn to a certain sermon, I'll usually listen to the, the, to the latest one. And to my surprise, I felt compelled to go to the very first one in 1955. And I have no way to tell you just how unusual that is. But it was exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. I want him to just make some statements tonight and, and just try to bring you into, into my thought. So Brother Branham talks about how that the human body, that our makeup, now this is an astonishing statement, that our makeup, this humanity, all right, that our regular anatomy that we live in here is not made to sin. That's why people who live in sin collapse. That's why it ruins their life. That's, That's why believers who stumble into iniquitous behavior have nervous breakdowns over it. Because... You know, you're not, you're not meant to lie. The child, when he tells that first lie, there's something in him telling him, don't do that. So he said, it's, it's made, and I, I love this, it's made. Your, this is your human body. Your regular anatomy is made to do righteous. It's made to serve God. I could not give you a better recipe for peace and harmony and a tranquil life than to say, serve God. 
I couldn't give you better advice. I couldn't help you anymore. You say, life is really overwhelming and I got this problem and I got that problem. I would just say, draw closer to him. Because your body, your regular anatomy is built to, for righteousness. And, and, if you, and if all you got to do is use the word of God that lives in your soul and put your fallen flesh under obedience, I promise you your body will acquiesce. Your body will just go right along with it because it was made. I go to my knees in prayer quite easily. I don't go to my knees at all quite easily but I love going to them in prayer. Amen? So, so you know, the, 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 the body says, I, I mean, just common. The body says, I'm too tired to go to church. That's not uncommon. You're not a sacrilegious person for feeling that way. But the inner man loves it. And when you get this body here, he loves it. <laughs> Am I right or wrong? I come into the presence of God and I was so tired. I, could, I barely had to make myself get ready. I'm not talking about tonight. I'm just speaking metaphorically or, or in general. But, but I find that when I come to the house of God, I am so glad I came. I love clapping my hands and singing songs and worshiping God and, and feeling the presence of the Lord and hearing the good preaching of the word of God. God never made you just to work and come home and love your children. That's all good. See, Brother Ram's not, not, not downing that. That's good. That's good. God, God made you to work. God made you to come home. Love your children. Love your wife. And the wife to be loyal and love her husband. And, and the children love their father and mother. That's all good. That's how God made you. It's the devil that interrupts that. When you don't see that happening, when you see a home absent of love and the husband doesn't love the wife and vice versa and the children don't respect the parents and they don't love each other and there's absence of love and the absence of respect, you know that's the working of this horse rider. You know that that's the God of this evil age and he's trying to turn that home into a home of hell. I was reading the other morning in a morning devotion, Spurgeon, I don't remember which day, but I thought it was remarkable because he took the scripture where Paul is writing to Onesiphorus and he says, you know, I want you to greet those, the church that's in your home. And so I don't know, Onesiphorus perhaps was some type of pastor. Maybe they didn't have a church where he lived. I don't know. Maybe they were holding home Bible studies or home services. He says, the church in your home. And Charles Spurgeon takes off on that and says, I wonder how many of God's family can say our home is church. He said, where you've got, instead of a pastor, you've got a father. You've got a mother. You've got worship. You've got the dispensing of the, of, the, of the word of God. You've got followers. You've got parishioners. You've got children. Brother Brandon called a mother the child's first pastor. So, I, I mean, I, I know that homes today are filled with every kind of entertainment and every kind of vice and every kind of connection to the world. I just wonder if we have church in our home. Or is church just a building we come to a couple of times a week? Amen. Come on. See, something to think about, right? Yes. Amen. 
Say, well, I got to work. That's fine. God made you to work, but he never made you just to work. Well, I love my children. That's good. You're supposed to, but he never made you just to go work and come home and love your children. See, that's all good. See, it's all good, but that's just the backgrounds for something that God made you to do. God made you to be a worshiper. A worshiper of him. Now, you say, that's, that's super simple. It's actually, has, it's more profound than you might think because you, being a human, you're a human, right? Amen. When in Genesis, when God made man, he breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. In the Hebrew, that means he became praying dirt. You understand? Because the human animal, the human animal was built to pray. He's the only one who does. He's the only animal that prays. No other animal prays. Only the human. Uh, You're close mammals. They don't. None of them. Primates, they don't pray at all. They have no sense of spirituality. Only the human because he's built in the image of God. So if you don't even have a worship life and a prayer life and you're not in connection with your maker, then are you a human? Say, well, I think I am. Well, not according to the Bible. According to the Bible, you're just a beast. Without the Holy Ghost, a man unconverted or a woman without the Holy Ghost is just a brute beast. That's scripture. See, it's it's certainly not a, a man created Mankind created in the image of God because mankind created in the image of God is built to worship. Now, even in a fallen condition, here's how strong it is. Even in a fallen condition, you'll worship something. Even if you're not converted, even if you're the most ranked sinner, Brother Brandon picks it up here. He says, he says, it's just the backgrounds, working, loving your children, loving your wife, having, having all of that is just a background. It's all It's all should be to the purpose. Say, why do I go work? So that that you can have a home that worships God. Why do I love children? So that God will be present. You understand working and finances and children and spouses and and family, the things we call family, we just take it for granted. But there's there's an exact thing that God calls a family. And there's a thing the world calls a family. They call it a family and they don't even, they don't even have the correct marital order sometimes and still call it a family. And we'll even bypass nature and live in a perverted relationship and go adopt children so they can have a family. That is so twisted. To go global, that has, that has, that has gone viral. That was only even possible in the, in the 21st century for that. There was a local city called Sodom. You've had cultures. They've had all kinds of Gentile cultures that had that going on in it, but it was always hush-hush behind the scenes. But now it's gone viral. It's global. It's, it's completely accepted as normal. I'm here to tell you, this is a house of hell. This is a haunted house. We don't got to wait till Halloween. You're living in a haunted house with haunted people. 
God made you to be a worshiper. You'll worship something regardless of what it is. You'll worship your wife, your children, your any, you'll worship anything, your automobile. You'll worship your pleasure. You'll worship something because it's in mankind to worship, see? Now we want to know what we worship. Amen. You know, I, one of the things that I was so struck with after the prayer line, especially after the prayer line that we held on Saturday night, we went down Friday and there was a spontaneous prayer line, I guess you would call it that. Uh, Brother Josh didn't even... Uh, I mean, Brother John didn't even make a call at all, but uh, the young people just came forward. And we walked down and began to pray for them. And then Saturday was more of a, we set aside, like Brother Branham done, we set aside to have a prayer line. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way a prophet ran it. So we went down and we had a prayer line. We divided out and that way we wouldn't be there all night. I wanted to pray for all of them. I wanted to pray for everybody. I wanted everybody in that building to get prayed for. So we found a way to do it where they could come up and have some time to express their heart. I wasn't there to hear their life story, but I wanted to give them an opportunity to, to say, to say, put it on their lips. What do you need? Everyone that would come up, I would greet them. I would say, what do you need? What, what's on your heart? Amen. And there were some <clears throat> wonderful experiences there. Some, some such fine quality young men and young ladies who were coming up and just weeping, wanting more of God. And that I thought that is so unbelievable in the 21st century. I mean, the, the real true and living God is the most unpopular. He's never been more unpopular. And here is young men and young women, beautiful in the prime of their life and the world wanting them, but they don't want the world. They wanted his majesty, the king. And then the, the sad part of, of the 30, 20, 30%, I would say, just to throw out off the top of my head, you know, maybe as much as a quarter that came up with such heart rending. My heart went out to them so desperately. They had needs that, you know, they wanted to have the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of confusion over what it was in their minds. And, and I, I even talked to one young man about the Holy Ghost and showing him it's, you know, I could see he's struggling. He's, he's hunting. He's, he's heard I got to have it. He's, a, he's already a, loves the Lord with all of his heart, standing there weeping and crying. Loves God with all of his heart and re reminded me, you know, of, uh, of when I was that age and other young men that I knew at that, at that young age. And, you know, and yet he's, he, he, he's unsure. Is there something I understand? I still got to get the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to back up and go, my goodness, Where's the, where's the balance? What teaching? I don't even know what church he was from. I didn't even ask. It's not, it's not relevant. I'm not here to criticize somebody. I'm just simply saying that, that I was just able just in a few minutes. He, he actually came to see me after the service on Sunday. Wanted to talk about it some more. And we're standing there and I was just standing there talking to him out of the word of God. And I just made a little statement how that the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the new birth are the same thing. And he was, he was so stunned to hear that. Amen. And he said to me, I, I didn't know that. And I said, oh my, yeah. I said, listen, young man, I took him where Brother Branham is showing that, that you know, the, the, the new birth is a seed gene of God coming forth. It's the Holy Ghost coming upon that. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a definite experience. 
It's a moment where God reveals himself to you because you have completely, thoroughly, absolutely, totally, 1,000% repented of all your life. You'll never get the new birth. You'll never get the seal of the Holy Spirit if you don't fully repent. If you still try to hold on to things of the world, you're wasting your time, my time, God's time, and everybody's time. I want to say to you, repent thoroughly and the Holy Ghost is yours. The, the, the weight that came off of that young man's mind, he smiled. I could see the confusion evaporate. I could see the weight. He was under so much pressure and it just evaporated off. And he said, well, I, I love God with all my heart. And I said, I can tell. And I said, and you want his word? Yes. And you just want more of him? Yes. More and more and more and more. And I said, my goodness, brother. It, it, it reminded me of that man who came to Brother Branham and he said, you mean I've had it all this time? And Brother Branham said, yes, my brother. And he jumped on the porch and hoisted Brother Branham. If that little man could have hoisted me, oh, it would have been hard. But he, he like he wanted to try. He was so relieved to understand that now he's, he's marching to Zion. And every day, he's, now he's trying to grow and grow and grow. He wants to be filled with all the fullness of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I never had a greater sense of need our appreciation for balanced ministry that keeps its balance. My brothers, my ministering brothers, keep, let's keep our balance in the scriptures and in the quotes. I, I so appreciate that. There, there are some of you ministers who are here are raised up under my preaching for years. You know, the, you know that. Some of you have come along, but I, I have so appreciated the brothers who have come along who, who, who don't have an agenda. I am so thankful for that. Their minds and their hearts are so clean. They stand here and just deliver the word of God. And I just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Keep it that way. Don't ever, don't ever get out of balance like that. We don't need to. We've got a prophet that gave us, thus saith the Lord on the word of God. I so appreciate that. Words would fail me to tell you how much I appreciate that. But on the road of life, people sometimes make devastating choices. I heard on the Bible study this morning, I don't know who said it. It was said, he said it, and he heard another minister say it. And Brother Tim Calhoun was at a minister's meeting. He didn't say who it was that said it, but it was so noteworthy and worth repeating. The minister said, remember that for every mile of road, there are two miles of ditches. <laughs> That's what I said. Mm. Wow. I'm going to write that down, and I did. I typed it down. <laughs> typed it in. That's the road of life. That's where we've come to. You need to think about the decisions you make. I get you work and you love a family, you love children, a wife, or whatever, you got a home, but, but that's only the background. We're living where the fourth seal has opened and the pale horse rider is, is already influencing. And the only thing holding him back from his full ride is your departure, is your presence. He can't get his full ride until, until we're gone. And so I just say, Lord God, let me, I found myself saying, let me preach it harder. Let me, let me pray more. Let me try longer. I, I got to find the lost at any cost. We must never spare any expense. We've got to find God's family. 
All of my family, all of your family, all of our loved ones who are out there, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep pressing. We're going to keep preaching. Brother Branham, in this message, gives a, a story. He calls it Mrs. John Doe. Now, what he doesn't reveal here is he, and nobody knows at the time, but he's actually talking about an exact case that he dealt with. That doesn't become clear till years later. He finally decides, I guess, to spill the beans and, and talk about it, that it was an actual story. Here, he's just telling them, he said, you know, I, I just want to make it like an example. And, and although when he's going down the line, I'm sitting there saying, my, if I'd have been sitting there in 1955, I'd have said, wow, this guy's an incredible storyteller. He needs to write, he needs to be an author because the details are crazy. And... But then I realized, wait a minute, yeah, he's telling a real story, no wonder. See? I know that. Those people didn't know that in 1955 in his tabernacle. He starts telling, he calls her, we'll call her Mrs. John Doe. She's a good woman. As far as we know, she married Mr. Doe. He was a fine Christian man. Now remember, he's telling a true story. Passing it off, you know, as just a spiritual example so Brother Branham goes into this long, elaborate story. It's not actually that long, but it's very intricate and very elaborate how that this woman, you know, she, she got to feeling like maybe she didn't love Mr. Doe as much as she had at one time and suddenly she catches the eye of another married man and they kind of make eye contact and there's a little chemistry. They meet at the fence and they talk a little bit and next thing you know, you know, people are gonna be out of town and the next thing you know, here goes an affair full-blown starts up and, and this woman is now, you know, living in a backslidden. The home breaks up and busts up and, but, but Brother Branham says, but she was, a, a, you know, in a fine church. And I think she's even a Sunday school teacher. And it's not revealed here, but I remember it from another rendering of this. And how that, you know, it, it got to the point where now the, the cheater man, he, does, he realizes he doesn't really like her anyway. It was just a fling. And he's going to go back to his wife. Now she's, her home's busted. And so what does she do? She, she, you know, she starts thinking, you know, nobody was as kind to me as John was. Nobody was as pleasant. But, and she actually thought about, maybe I'll try to go back and be reconciled. But what she couldn't overcome was that wild side that just wanted to keep going. And so she found her another lover and then another one and then another one. And Brother Branham says all the while she's still teaching Sunday school. She's still right there in church. She's, now she's married again and then that's over and then she's married again. And, and the preacher's telling her, you know, it's all right. You're, you're a fine upstanding member of this church and we respect you. And I, you've had this kind of a life, but don't you worry. God understands, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And Brother Branham is just tell, telling this whole story. And finally... Brother Brown, I'm talking about the difference between, you know, your mind, actually your brain, which is part of your biology. It's going to be important in the story. And he says, you know, salvation doesn't come in the mind. I mean, you make a decision for Christ, but it's got to drop 18 inches into your heart and become a living revelation. It's where people miss it a lot of times. They, as Brother Brennan says, they admire the fine qualities of Jesus 
But it's just a, it's just a, a an intellectual experience. And uh, it's, not, it's not a hard experience. It doesn't really change their life. And so finally she goes on being told you're okay and doesn't matter. The, the level of debauchery, you're okay, it's all good. Until finally it catches up with her and she catches a public disease. And now it starts eating her from the inside out and she's dying. And she's laying there on the bed and, and she's in the hospital. And Brother Branham said now... He said, what happens is as her body is starting to decay, he said, and the brain cells are starting to decay. He said, it's like that little child who told that first lie and it got really, and it got easier and it got easier and it got easier and it got easier. And you, you silenced that conscience. It told you don't do that. You're, you're a married woman, don't go do that. But you silenced that conscience. Until finally, Brother Bram said, the conscience stopped speaking. It's a terrible, dreadful place to be. Because you don't know at any moment your life might be snuffed out and you're not going to be ready to go meet God. And as she goes along, she finally is in a hospital and she's dying. And there's her preacher who's told her she's okay. And Brother Branham says, now once, all, now once her brain cells start decaying, this thing's eating her brain. And suddenly, all of that quieted conscious comes rushing back. And in a moment, she has this epiphany, this understanding, I'm lost. And she looks at her, preacher, you've lied to me. You told me I was okay, I'm not okay, and I'm, I'm being pulled into hell, and I can already see demons, spirits appearing in the room. And she's starting to scream and the, and the preacher, you know, they, he, I mean, he got called in there because they tried to get him to, you know, put your cigarette out, please, and come in here and try to calm your parishioner down. Which is literally what's what he had to do. They had to go, they had to go get him because he's outside smoking. Uh, can, you, can you come help us? She's starting to lose it. And he comes in there, oh, now, what's this, what's this? You know, uh, calm down. Oh, you lied to me. Oh, no, no, nothing of the kind. And she's getting worse, and she's getting worse, and she's getting worse. Brother Bram says, what is it? The soul had caught up to her. See, the soul and the spirit is the thing here that the intellectual is fixing to fail. It's only in the mind. The intellectual, what you've lived by is going to perish. But that soul that you've grieved from your intellectual is going, and I, this was an astonishing word because my title was already Haunted House. And brother, and I didn't know this line was in this sermon. God led me to it. But that soul that you've grieved from your intellectual is going to haunt you. And when this woman's soul catches up with her, she says, my God, I'm lost. And they think, oh, it's delirious. They shoot a hypo in the needle to her. And she begins to numb off. She can't speak no more. She's trying. She's rolling. She's in agony. The doctor says, give her another one. She's dying anyway. It doesn't matter. Just let her die peacefully. There's no sinner ever died peacefully. I'm here to tell you, friends, I, I've, I've been at the bedside of people who didn't know the Lord and it wasn't peaceful. And I've been at the bedside of people dying who were saints of God and it was the most glorious moment. 
everything they had lived for their whole life, the, the Christ they had served was going to receive them into everlasting paradise. They give her another one, deaden her, and they deaden her until the death angel swept her spirit from her. That hypo needle might deaden the flesh, it might deaden the mind. That can't deaden that soul that knows it's sinned before God. And he says it again. It'll haunt her through the ceaseless ages. He says that soul will haunt and haunt and haunt as the ages roll on. You came from where? Prophet is asking his audience in, in the tabernacle. You came from where? You go to where? Fair question. Say, well, I'm here now. Well, well, when you're not here, what then? What's next? Like I said to you here recently, what's the, what's the point of life if you don't gain eternal life? Make it however happy and rich and joyous and have everything in, in the world like Solomon. But Solomon said it's just a chasing of the wind. It's, it's grievous. It vexes him that he had blown his whole life out chasing the wind. And he accomplished it. He had more treasure, more women, more money, more fame. The whole world afraid of him. More power, more influence. And he comes down. He's an old man. And he says, I'm, I'm angry. I, I'm vexed. My whole spirit is vexed because I realize it's been a chasing of the wind. And Brother Branham says, you came from where? You go to where? You came out of eternity. You stepped in a little space of time. You go out of time into eternity. And what are you in your soul as you go out? The same you'll be. Oh my. The same you'll be. Death changes nothing. Brother Branham goes from that dreadful scene and he comes to a message many years later, 10 years later, to be exact, in 1965. And he's preaching works as faith expressed. And he says, he's telling the experience of a dream that he had. He's, he's starting to tell about being out there in Sabino and the brothers. And he tells the story about Brother McHugh's, my daughter-in-law, Rachel, was her former pastor, it had a condition in his eye. He was going blind. His mother had tumors on her feet. And he's out there with Brother Branham. And this is when that pillar of fire came down and cut through the mountain. And, and, and if you've ever heard the testimony of Brother McHugh's, it's, it's gripping. I mean, he said, when that light came down, that thing wasn't playing. He said, as it come down the side of that, of that mountain, he said, it just ripped and sliced and cut and flung rocks in every direction. And rocks flew out with such supersonic speed, they cut the tops of trees off. And it just went out like a bomb and they're all running and diving and jumping under, under vehicles. <laughs> and they come to Brother Branham and said, if that had hit you, you'd have been a greasy spot. He said, no, he wasn't trying to hurt me. He said he was talking to me. Wow. <laughs> he said, what did he say? He said, I don't want to tell you. What did he say, Brother Bill? He said it was a judgment sign. In a few days, a great earthquake's going to strike the West. Now, let, now catch this, because I caught this today for the first time as many times I've heard this message. He says, it's going to strike the West, and meaning Alaska. 
He says, it's going to strike the West and it won't stop. California, Los Angeles will sink. It'll go down. She'll slide right into the ocean. Two days after that, the Alaskan earthquake shook Alaska. And then the last meeting I had in California while speaking and didn't know nothing happened until I got on the street. It told California and started prophesying over them, Capernaum, Capernaum. Yeah. Now, Brother Branham is not saying you're that ancient city, Amen. which was along the seashore and was lost like Sodom and Gomorrah. But he, he, he goes back and he says, there's something similar to that. Jesus used almost, he didn't say exact, even on the tape. He says, he said almost the same thing yeah. in the scripture. And he says, he says, Capernaum, Capernaum, the city that's called by the name of the angels. Now God has made a 20th century identification. Said it's the city of the angels. That's Los Angeles. See. And so he said, it's called by the name of the angels. That's Los Angeles. You've exalted yourself into heaven. Is that true? They've got all their gods, all their sports stars, Hollywood stars, movie stars, all kinds of stars. They've exalted themselves. They, they, have, a, they have such worship there of the God of this evil age. Brother John Andy's made a statement that I wrote down in my notes. It was so astonishing. He talks about the World Wide Web. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. You need to have the Holy Ghost these days that you live in. This is no time to be walking around with just an intellectual experience. You're going to need to overcoming power to just function. And think about that in just everyday life. I mean, I, it's just a phone. I, it's just a computer. I'm sorry the world's went this way. How do I stay connected? I'm in a business. I got friends. I mean, this is how I can't go live as a caveman. And if I get rid of a, of a mobile phone and a computer and the internet, I might as well be a caveman for, because of where today is. You understand? The disparity would be so great, you'd, just, you'd never know anything. And people say, what's wrong with you? I can't reach you. I don't have a phone. What? <laughs> how, do you, how do you live? Well, how do we live before? Well, but that was before everybody got them. Now everything operates this way. If you want to operate, you got no choice. I'm here to tell you, this is the time to have church in your home. This is the time to have parents who are full of the Spirit. This is time for teenagers to get the real, the real Holy Ghost. We're living in a haunted mansion made by Lucifer himself. He says... You've exalted yourself in the heaven, but you'll be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works had been done in Sodom, that had been done in you, it would have been standing till this day. Now, he says, he starts talking about the signs of the time. I'm skipping, skipping, skipping. You can go listen to it. You watch. The water will come, the water will come plumb back into the Salton Sea. Los Angeles is doomed. It's nearly every Hollywood star you can think of. It's the banking hub, entertainment hub, insurance hub. It's our western seaboard defense. It's everything. He says, Los Angeles is doomed for judgment. I tell you before it happens that you might know when it does happen. Brother Branham's going to be gone in a month. I never spoke that by myself, and I've never had him tell me one thing, but what happened? This is an international audience. He's not in his tabernacle. 
This is an international audience, and he's making a pretty bold statement. I've never had him tell me one thing but what happened, and you can bear record of that. And all you can hear in this international audience is, is amens. All across the building, ministers on the platform. People can come today, say what they want, but none of his peers, they all knew. No one challenged him on that. See, it's so good to testify. I love this statement. I feel like this tonight. He says, it's so good to testify to real listeners. We believe. Oh, Lord. He says, Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Oh, don't you like being a real listener? Don't you like being a real believer? Isn't it wonderful? And so he, he starts to tell about a dream that he had. He says, I had a dream. Now, it's just a dream. He said, I don't dream very often. And he said, I was standing and he said, there was some man. And I'm just skipping over it, trying to save time. I want to be done in 13 or 14 minutes. And he says, there was a young man, a very fine young man. And he was in shackles. Listen up, Chris. There's a young man. He's in shackles. Decisions that he had made. I would only say that to Chris because we're tight. You, you don't know our history. We've been close for a long time. I wouldn't normally do that. But I know Chris is cool with it. And so he says in this, in this dream, he says this young man, he says a fine young man, but he was shackled, chains. And people said, Billy, stay away from him. He's no good. And Brother Branham said, but I kept watching him. And he said he was trying to get out of his shackles. He was trying to get out. And he said, and they said, oh, you better watch him. He said, and so I was watching. He said, and finally he did get out. Finally he got out. Amen. He got out, Chris. He got out. And Brother Branham said he'd come over talking to me. He said he was a very fine young man. Let me tell you something, friends. We don't know. Sometimes we can be too quick to judge. But this is a haunted house that, that the world is living in. And I'll take anybody who wants out. Hallelujah, I'll try to help anybody who says, I want out of this haunted mansion. Amen. And he said, he was a fine young man. He said, and somebody caught me by the arm and turned. He said, it's my neighbor. When I was a boy, I used to deliver groceries. Walk at Utica Pike and deliver groceries. You remember, mom, those areas. I used to play there as a kid myself. And yeah, I forget what he called her name. And he said, she's a very nice lady. Went down to a local church over here. Very fine, very fine Christian woman. And she said, she said, Bill, she said, you got to help these people. And he said, I, I looked over and he said, there was like a, almost kind of like a cellar. And he said, kind of like a down in like a cave. And he said, there were bars, big iron bars. And there were people all back in there. And, and he's walking down to look and all them people are down in there. And he said, they're beating their head against the bars and they're wanting out. They're wanting free and they're, 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 they're insane. You're talking about a haunted house. And she said, she said, Brother Branham, you've misunderstood. She said, you've been misunderstood. And you've misunderstood. These people are good people. Amen. And she says, you've got to deliver them, Brother Branham. You've you got to deliver them, Brother Branham. And Brother Branham says, I, 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 deliver, deliver us from this. This is a house of hell. Deliver the people, Brother Branham said. Help us. We're in trouble. She herself, I know her. She belongs, I believe, to the Church of Christ or Christian Church 
uh, and, and tr- called Church of the Brethren, I looked around and I said, I wish I could and go on looking around and my little bitty body with them great big iron bars and those poor people in there and you couldn't get to them. Them iron bars was sitting close together and I looked and they were beating their heads like they were out of their mind. And I seen some light flickering around there and I, and I looked up. Now, now here's, a, here's, a high, here's a high place and he, he, he sees light flickering. Oh, where's this coming from? Oh, and he says, I looked up and there stood the Lord Jesus with the lights of rainbow, the seven colors. That's a covenant. <laughs> That's a covenant. He's a covenant angel. When he came in Revelation 10, he's a covenant angel. And he says, with the rainbow colors around him, and he was looking right straight to me and said, deliver those people. And he went away. And I thought, well, how could I deliver them? I haven't got strength enough in my arms to break those bars. And so I just said, house of hell, give way to the name of Jesus Christ. And all the creaking and popping and rocks rolling and bars falling and people running, screaming, delivered and screaming at the top of their voice and all was delivered. And I was screaming then, Brother Roy Borders, where are you? Brother Roy had a problem with his eyes. He's going blind. And Brother Branham had tried to help him. And he said, Brother Roy, snap out of it. Snap out of it. He said, oh, Brother Bill, it'll take something more than that. It's going to take a, a further ministry. Because that's my words. He said, it's going to take more than that, Brother Branham. i got to have something more. I'm here to tell you, you're in the more. You're in the day of the more. And, there's, and this world is living in a house of hell. And I'm here to tell you, those bars are subject to the bride of Jesus Christ. They're subject to you. You know why? Because you have the name, house of hell. Give way to the name. And, the, and the, 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 when the word is interpreted by coming to pass, that's a manifestation of the name of God. You are the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. House of hell, give way in the, to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I begin screaming, Brother Borders, where are you? Where are you? God is delivering his people. Where are you, Brother Borders? I, he's, and, I, and I just say tonight, if you're, if you're finding yourself trapped, and I don't care what you might be trapped in, God is delivering his people. I say to you, house of hell, give way to the name of Jesus Christ. We don't have to be in bondage. We don't have to be behind the bars. I don't have to live. Let me tell you something, friends. This is a haunted mansion, but I got a world going where there's mansions and not one of them are haunted. There's a house that I'm going to dwell in and it's not haunted. It's never been wrong. It's never had a sin. It's a perfect body, a perfect mind, a perfect spirit. Oh, I long for that. I say, oh, Lamb of God, let me be in service to you. Let me resist the enemy and see him defeated in the lives of the people. This is where we are. This is the land we live in. This is the age we've come to. The world is transitioning. It's transitioning, friends. You young people, you remember. Brother John talked about, I said this in a large ministry group that I'm in, and I put it in there. Brother John Andes had said, 
You know, speaking of transition, he said, you know, when God took Brother Branham home, that was like a statement. That was God saying, now the bride can go on without her prophet. He's finished. He's wrapped up, brought home to his reward. His labors are over forever. Now the bride can go on because now she's going to be a global bride around the world. Assemblies are going to rise up in all the darkest jungles of Africa and all the most remote places of Asia. It's going to cover North America and Europe. It's going to go, this thing's going global. And there's a bride today who is standing under the revealed word of the hour. And she is the name of Jesus personified. Is that what you're a part of? You see, he said, you know, it's like a relay race. The the baton is handed off and a prophet runs, but finally it's time for the bride to run. And as he's, as he's, you know, as he's reaching his baton back and brother John said, the problem that a lot of people have had is that usually it's in that handoff. It's in the transition where the baton gets dropped. If it's going to get dropped, nobody really drops it running, but it's in that transition. And sometimes we've seen them get dropped and, 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 and in this transit and we're transitioning now. We're transitioning for home friends. We've turned the last quarter. Hallelujah. Oh, I see the bright light shining and I don't want to drop the baton. I want to make sure I got a firm grip on it. I want to make sure I'm marching in the beat of the gospel. Hallelujah. I'm not looking to stay in this haunted house of hell. I'm looking for a house not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens, never haunted by anything. Oh, let's stand to our feet, friends. This is the hour of total freedom. This is the hour of complete victory. This is what God has allotted for us in this day. This day that you live in is a day when a a bride around the world gets changed, the dead in Christ rise, and we are changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Thank you, sir. I was never so proud to be with young men and young women this past weekend. It was so beautiful to see so many in the prime of their life seeking more of God seeking a closer walk bow your heads with me all over the building just whatever you choose brother Ken with with heads bowed all over the building now you know that I didn't make any of this up tonight you know the condition of the world you know I'm not wrong You know this is a house of hell. You live here. You know it as well as I know it. Rampant perversion. Rampant, horrifying, almost indescribable sin and low-down living. The most corrupted agenda. Not only political, but religious and society with the wheels coming off you know I'm not wrong friends you walk these streets just like me 
You read these quotes just like me. You hear Brother Branham tell about these things. And when he was telling it, there was still some semblance of godliness in the world. You know what it has stooped to over these last 60 or so years. It has become what was only a very short time ago unimaginably bad. We all knew it was Sodom. We all knew it was Gomorrah. We all knew the days of Noah. Oh, yes, married and given in marriage and, 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 and perversion. Yeah, we knew that. But somehow, I, 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 at least, uh, I, I know it's not just me. I know it's all of us. We would have never dreamed that the world could get to the place. And I'm here to tell you something. It's not finished getting bad. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Heads bowed now. Eyes closed. Listen, Dad. Listen, Mom. Maybe you're here in the building. Maybe you're streaming. I hope you're doing one of the two. I hope there's a church in your home. If Spurgeon knew that under the man age, under the age of sanctification, when the whole world was mostly godly, and Spurgeon knew then that everybody better have a, home, a church in their home where there's active worship and active distribution of the Word of God, and a heavenly order set to things, what is it now, parents? Think about it, teenager. You were there this weekend. You made those pledges to the Lord. You talked to God. You were under the anointing. Are you following through? I, there were so many that came, and, 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 and they, they, were, they had such faith to believe, yes, I've got this problem, but I'm, I'm leaving it here tonight. I'm not taking it with me. Right here, I'm laying it on the altar. And you don't know how comforting it was to know that a prophet said, you bring that and you lay it on this altar and you leave it there. And he said, you watch the fire of God come down and consume it. I'm here to tell you something, friends. If you lay that bondage down on the altar, I don't care what's transition. I don't care what's befallen you. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. The, 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 the house of hell, give way to the name of Jesus. God is here to secure his family for her home-going flight. God is here to equip you, to equip you to reach out to your lost loved ones. You have that power. Don't, don't, don't waste it. You have more authority than you realize. I know sometimes in our loved ones it can look very bad. But don't you underestimate the power of God. Don't limit the God of Israel. God told, warned Israel, don't limit the God of Israel. Whatever you do, don't put limits on him. Oh, believe for anything. Believe for everything. Believe whatever you need and that is in the word of God that's according to God's purpose. You can believe it right now and God will be obligated to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You believe that? Let me see hands go up if you believe that right now. Say, I believe it right now. I believe that the power of God is real and it's alive in our hearts and minds. Oh, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for the listening audience, Lord, whether here physically or across the airwaves. Lord, I think of my own self. I think of these people and we're all in this together. We want to be free. We want to have the liberty of the Holy Spirit. We want to find our lost loved ones. We want to have power. There's power in the blood. I want the blood to be on display. I want to have the token on display in my life. So that when I come near my loved ones, 
that death angel holding them sees the blood because I have the token on display. And when the death angel sees the blood, he must depart. Lord, may you grant it. May we have that confidence. May, oh God, we have that confidence as we go forward, not only for ourselves, but for all loved ones around us. We commit it to you, Master. I commit this sermon into your hands tonight. I didn't know, wasn't sure how it would go. I just left it in your hands. I had plenty of quotes and scriptures and a ton of thoughts and things I wanted to say, but you know the conversation we had. I just left it in your hands. I thank you for coming tonight. Lord, let the people believe it and receive it. Let it, let it be a reality to them. Let it be a reality to me, oh God. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Let's sing, brother. Sing it with Brother Kenny now. Let's raise our hands and sing it now. Pleasing, let me be pleasing to you in everything that I do. Be pleasing to you, Lord, pray. Let's have some worship before we go. Oh, Come on, friends, give him that worship he deserves. Let me be pleasing to you. Let everything that I do be pleasing to you. request and I want to sing some more of that brother Kenny to stay right on it please pray for a co-worker this is from sister Melissa please pray for a co-worker her young niece and nephew oh my uh, were shot uh, the young girl is only 15 years old and the doctor believes she will lose use of her right arm her younger brother is fighting infection both have had multiple surgeries my goodness you think we're not in a house of hell, friends? Also, a client at work asked prayer for his son-in-law who is fighting cancer. He went under uh, such aggressive chemo that he was sedated for 14 days. The doctors are very concerned of bringing him out. Here's a beautiful praise report. The, the co-worker who is battling cancer was told by the doctors that the tumors had significantly shrunk. Please continue to pray for him to be cancer-free. Amen. 
Um, Sister Amy writes, a close friend of mine in Minnesota lost her dad this afternoon. Her name is Debbie. Please pray for her and her family. Amen. Um, and Brother Jason, I think, is in the air. Yeah, He's headed to Turkey, and we want to be praying for Brother JD. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me see. Uh, Brother Matt, uh, Brother Matt Watkins. Uh, is, is, came home from the camp a little sick. There was a few people that uh, we, we heard maybe couple of dozen even that left and went home sick and some of our team members um, there's been a number of them as I've been updated they tested they went and got tested for COVID it all came back negative so apparently it's um, just a, a local flu bug that was in that area where the mat's not feeling well tonight he's in the broadcast booth behind me uh, sister Lois writes please keep my mother in prayer she's been having a lot of pains in her chest so they did a heart cath last week and put one stent in. But last night, she had extreme pain and tried to get to her meds and, in, and ended up hurting her leg. So now she can't walk. The devil has been working hard on her. She's 85. Amen. That's Sister Lois's mother. Want to be praying for her. Amen. My daughter-in-law, Katie, um, they have a couple of house pets and one of the dogs, Winnie, is can't won't drink water can't seem to go to the bathroom so we're not sure what's going on with with her but just be praying for their family pet please and i didn't see um any other request that came in it seemed like there was something on my mind but i don't see it right off nonetheless the lord knows all about it anyway aren't you glad for that i believe the lord will move for every one of these requests. Amen. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your great love, Lord. Thank you for the word that came forth tonight to give us confidence and faith in our heart. I believe, Lord, you'll hear our requests when we, as we've read these requests out before you. These requests, Lord, that have come in from all points and Lord, they don't, people don't write these down and take the time, Lord, because it's some tradition. People don't send in and, and send me requests because it's a tradition. They do it because they believe it works. We've seen it work so many times. You've come on the scene with request after request, and we've seen the miraculous take place again and again and again and again and again. Lord, how after this many times, there shouldn't be one unbelief in our lives. I pray, Lord God, that in this service tonight, Lord, that faith will be such that everything that's written down and sent in that was read out, not only that, but every need that came on anybody's heart when they walked into this building, if there's any, any chains of bondage, Lord, may they be left right here tonight. May no one take them home. May you meet us now, Father, in the place of our faith. We commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Pleasing. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. 
Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him now. I exalt thee. Oh, we exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. love the Lord we're going to let you go and be dismissed and I covet your prayers I'll be leaving tomorrow uh, for meetings last meetings of the year last ones I I agreed to and don't uh, plan to take any other ones it's been a very exhausting year for me but I promise you I've only taken the meetings that I felt directly led and I've disregarded the rest Um, been a number of unscheduled things that kind of got crammed in the middle of all of it so it's been an excessive year for travel for me but amen I you know we're resting the millennium friends amen brother Cyril Mahadio used to say that we're resting the millennium I caught him in an airport one time and he was headed to Nepal and he had just gotten back from I mean he had only been he'd been gone weeks and just got home a few days and he's leaving again and I said brother Cyril when are you going to rest he said Oh, brother, we rest in the millennium. I never forgot it. Rest in the millennium. Me and Jonathan say that to each other all the time. We rest in the millennium. Amen. Don't you love him? You happy to be a Christian? So you be praying for me. I'm going to go up and uh, be there with uh, Brother John. It's their first uh, ever anniversary meeting. They have been uh, an an assembled church for a year. Amen. And so uh, we're going to go up there. Fortunately, I got another good friend of mine, Brother Nathan Bryant, going to be there helping me with the services. So we're going we're gonna to double team them. And so I'm looking forward to that. Brother Diggs will be in the house with you guys on Sunday morning. So we just had him at the camp. And I said, man, how fitting it would be to bring the weapon from the camp right to here. Amen. So you're, you're going to have a good time Sunday morning. I'm going to be envious. Wish I could be here. Amen. So be praying for Brother Jason He'll be, how long, Sister Amy? Two, three weeks, probably? Two weeks. Brother Matt also uh, will be ministering uh, in the next two weekends. This, uh, I think it's in Tucson. Hey, Rach. Are, and you're leaving also in the week? or Okay, so, so be praying for Matt and Rachel and uh, Brother Matt ministering the next two weekends away. But, amen, we're just, we're, you know, I, I, I told the people at the, I uh, told all the young people, I said, I've so enjoyed this camp. I hope we never have to do it again. <laughs> because I, and everybody's like, <laughs> I said, because we're going, I hope we're in the rapture. Won't that be wonderful? If we never have to have another youth camp because the, the next, I'm going to tell you, you're talking about a youth camp. When we gather around Father's throne and everybody there, 18, 19, 20 years old, you're talking about the largest youth camp ever imagined. Young people from 6,000 years of earth history, that's going to be a youth camp. Amen. The Lord's going to be the speaker. Amen. So I'm looking forward to that. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and greet them. 
Amen. We're happy to have had you here tonight. Brother Chris, it's awesome to have you in service tonight. Come back and see us again. God bless you. Amen. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Chris, come shake my hand. God bless you, buddy. So happy you came tonight. Be praying for you. Amen. All right, bud. God bless you.
throne of grace. It's only by your mercy we are saved. Lord, you have said, if we call upon your name, we and our families will be saved. So we cry. So we 